Is a popular popular podcast. Do not be afraid. Welcome to Popular History, a library of Catholic knowledge and insights brought to you daily. The historical stuff happens during the week, plus a modern cardinal on Saturdays. Sundays, we'll take a little bit of a break by covering some related topic, often as part of a multi-part Sunday series. Today is a Sunday and we're continuing our efforts to condense and summarize the older, long-form content of popular history into three- to six-minute chunks. By which I mean, I'm continuing those efforts, and I hope you're continuing to enjoy. These summaries have about a tenth of the runtime of the originals, so if something really grabs your interest, feel free to pope on back into the archive for more in-depth analysis and a whole lot more tangents. Today our focus is episode 0.4, the House of David. A bit of a content warning for death and suicide here. History gets that way sometimes. Skip ahead 15 seconds when you hear about David getting married if you want to miss that. Ot.4 focused on the early Israeli and Judean monarchy as presented in the scriptures. So we've got Samuel, the last of the judges, or first of the prophets, depending on how you want to emphasize things, being pressured by the people to anoint a king over them. He tries to talk them out of it, but they persist, and eventually, with God's permission, he anoints Saul as king over the United Kingdom of the twelve tribes of Israel. This ultimately does not go well, and God tells Samuel to forget about Saul and anoint a new king, David, son of Jesse. David is a shrimpy nobody, even among Jesse's sons, but he gains some fame by taking out a Philistine champion, the giant Goliath. The trouble is, Saul is still around. Indeed, David is now serving as one of Saul's commanders. And Saul knows of David's favor, at least in the eyes of the people, and ultimately in the eyes of God, more importantly. Things go to civil war, which has some tension added in the form of the natural connection between the young David and the older Saul's son, Jonathan. Nor is that the only connection between the two, as David also winds up marrying Saul's daughter Michal. Drama drama. This is where you might want to skip ahead. Eventually, Saul loses a major battle, a devastating loss that included the loss of Jonathan and several of his other sons. Despairing, Saul kills himself, leaving the throne to one of his sons, whose name I won't trouble you with, because, after a few more years of consolidation, it's Saul's son-in-law, David, who is king over united Israel. David reigns a good forty years, and he usually reigns well, but there are some trouble spots that help explain why his kingdom doesn't seem to last forever as God had at one point promised. Ultimately, spoiler alert, Christians do see David's line as being restored and going on forever via Jesus. So, there's that. But all that's in the future. For now, David is succeeded by his son, Solomon, known for his wisdom and also for building the temple for the proper worship of God in Jerusalem. Ah, the temple. I can't nearly do it justice. Imagine if the Eucharist could only be celebrated at St. Peter's. Then imagine if we had not one trace of archaeological evidence for anything in David or Solomon's reigns. I mean, for what it's worth, archaeologists generally agree that there was some form of temple on the Temple Mount in time for the Babylonians to destroy it in the 6th century, but everything else is very far from settled as far as archaeology goes, and that gives us several hundred years of gap. About the closest we've got 
is the Tel Dan steel from the 9th century that confirms the House of David was a phrase in use by that point. Now, once you get into the House of Omri, the archaeological record picks up a bit. But the trouble is, few to none care about the House of Omri. It's all about David and his superstar son Solomon, thin to non-existent extra-biblical archaeological evidence notwithstanding. David and Solomon's fame is also evinced, which I think is a word, by the number of psalms and indeed whole biblical books attributed to them, especially Solomon, whose famous wisdom is traditionally found in the books of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, the appropriately named Wisdom, and the Song of Songs, aka the Song of Solomon, not to mention two psalms. The real psalmist is David, though, getting credit for nearly half the psalms. After Solomon's time, the kingdom split in two, with the northern Tenish tribes of Israel eventually succumbing to the Assyrians in the late 8th century BC, while the southern Tuish tribes carried on as the kingdom of Judah until the 6th century BC. There were other kings during that time, of course, but they are of secondary importance to Catholicism compared with their contemporaries, the prophets, who we'll get to in our next epitome next Sunday. Thank you for listening. God bless you all.